Hello and welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode 16th, June 2021. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean. This week's news, Instagram explains how its algorithms work. In order to better understand how to reach our audiences, it is, more import- it is very important for us to know how Instagram's set of algorithms work to show someone a certain set of content. Part of Instagram's Creator Week, the social media company provided insights on the algorithms that dictate content reach in the app. Firstly, they explained that there is no one algorithm that determines everything. Instead, they use a number of criteria together to make decisions like this. They said that, quote, by 2016, people were missing 70% of all their posts in feed, including almost half the posts on their close connections. So we developed and introduced a feed that ranked posts based on what you care about most, end quote. So there are a few things. The first one is actually key signals. The company firstly employs key signals to determine if someone likes a certain content. They include information about the post, like how many people have liked it, when it was posted, how long was the video, if there was a video, and what location it was attached to. Then they look at the information of the person who posted a content. This includes the number of times people have interacted with the person's post or the person itself within the past few weeks. If the person's activity, which includes how many posts they have liked or interacted with. Uh, Then there is the history of interacting with someone, which looks at whether you have commented on a person's post or not or each other's post, right? They have commented on your post, you commented on their post. So the more you engage with it, the more you kind of like each other, right? Um, so that is that is what how Instagram use key signals to actually determine if you guys are close friends and you want to get to know more about that person or not. The second is the explore tab. The explore tab shows you content you may like based on who you follow and your engagement history. For example, quote, this is, from Instagram, the press release, it, they say that, for example, if you liked a number of photos from San Francisco's dumpling chef, Kate Bai, or B, I don't know, we look at uh, who else likes Kate's photos and what other accounts they are interested in. So you like someone's photos or you like someone's account, Instagram will find other people who like their account, like this account, and also what other accounts they like as well. So then Instagram will show you content from those accounts as well, because there is a form of similarity there. The idea is to showcase content to related groups of people based on clusters and interests. Uh, The more a certain interest you engage with, Instagram will show you more of the same content. This is where hashtags will help you discover content as well. So this makes sense because we find that the more we engage in maybe photos and videos of dogs. Like uh, I got a few friends who have this fever for French bulldogs now, right? Then the more videos of French bulldogs they watch, the more videos and content of French bulldogs they get on the explore tab. And they also get content from people who also like French bulldogs, who also like something else. So these are the kind of content they may be interested in. Uh, Instagram, like Facebook, will rank your feed and stories based on how interested you are in something. The most important actions used to predict in Explore include likes, saves, and shares. Okay, so it's likes. We all know likes. Saves and shares. So these are actually very, very difficult metrics to obtain. Saves have been getting more weight by Instagram of late, so it helps to create content that encourages 
your audiences to save the content for later use. For example, how-to videos, recipes, or I don't know. There are a lot of content that can get people to save. Maybe, uh, what is this called? Top 10 places to eat in some place or some place where you may not need it now, but you save it because you might need it some other time. There is also a greater influence to a post appearing in the Explore tab, which also includes how popular the post is in a broader context. The more popular the post is, the higher chance you will also like it. So it snowballs. You start gaining some reach. You start gaining some virality by having likes, saves, and shares. And from there, the more you get, the more you get. The more... Well, um, the, <laughs> the more you get, the more likes, saves, and shares you get, the more reach you will get. And then the more reach you get, the more likes, saves, and shares you get, and it snowballs. The third is on Reels. Instagram looks at the following to determine what else show, to show us on the Reels. The first is our, our activity, which uh, is what content we watch, comment, and or engage with recently. The second is our interaction with the creators. If you have interacted with the person's post, Instagram will show us more reels from that person or other accounts that creators follow or also interact with and or follow. So um, if you interact with this creator, Instagram will show, show you more, more reels from this creator and also more reels from accounts that this creator interact or and follow. Interact with and or follow. Yeah, sorry. Information about real. Uh, what includes this includes the audio they use, any content that can be extracted from the video via AI, as well as the content's popularity. Uh, they use their AI to try to pull this kind of information out. Uh, the audio they use as well, because sometimes reels are pushed to you based on the popularity of the song that is used. So, for example, if you want to create a reel, it does help to choose popular songs because popular songs will help your real, maybe not 100% of the time, but maybe, I guess, what, 10, 15, 20% of the way, which is good, right? It's not too bad. It, any kind of percentage is good. It's better than nothing. So the next time you plan to create content that has, that has a higher chance of gaining, you want, next time you plan to create a content that hopefully has a higher chance of gaining more organic reach, consider the following key points. The most important is getting engagement with your audience. Um, then that is the end of the day. It's not just about them seeing. Seeing is one thing, but engagement is one thing. Liking, sharing, commenting, and forming a conversation on both ways. Facebook's smartwatch is coming soon. Facebook has been actively pushing for the next generation of social media with VR and AR wearables. This includes the Oculus VR devices, AR glasses, and also a new Facebook watch, which could go on sale sometime next year. The device, according to The Verge, will include two cameras. The first one will be used for video calling. The second one on the back will be for capturing footage when detached from the stainless steel frame on the wrist. Mm, I don't see any... Well, okay, let me explain to you first before you find that use case scenario for the back camera. The smartwatch will also be used to work with AR VR glasses as controllers for this future mixed environment. In order for that to work, Facebook believes they need to include EMG sensors that translate motor nerves signals into actions. All right, so 
essentially what they're looking at is Facebook is not intending for this watch to work as a standalone item. They're taking uh, a page out of Apple's book, right? In order for you to have a best environment, uh, best experience, you need to have a lot of multiple devices from the same creator. So what they're planning to do is these smartwatches will have kind of like a motion detector thing. The, the simplest way is to, to envision a motion detector. However your hand moves, right? The watch will create a virtual version, which when you wear the Facebook glasses, the AR glasses, you can interact with the AR and or VR environment, which you're looking at. So that is what it's supposed to work as. It's a pairing device. Um, so next year's smartwatch will cost 400 US dollars and will probably not work with AR because it's still very early stages. The AR integrated version will probably come later as the device or the ecosystem gets better. On top of the hardware, Facebook is planning to build an operating system that surpasses what Microsoft, Google, and Apple are using to dominate today's tech world. So the OS that they're building is the future OS because as we all know, they have tried and failed to build the OS of today, the mobile OS, the desktop OS. No, well, they never tried with the desktop OS, but they did try with the mobile device OS, which they failed. So what they're doing is, you know what? Hack it. I'm going to build a future OS and that's going to be circled around AR and VR. And they're also planning to bring social media into a virtual world, which they are already testing now. And some of the Oculus users have already have access to it. I think it's called Horizons, if I'm not mistaken. So let's go back to the two cameras. I would believe that the front camera is used for video calling and the second camera should be used to project the AR environment, the AR VR environment. Uh, maybe let's say the wearable may not have a camera by itself. Then you can use the camera from the watch to project into your glasses and then you can interact with it with your hand or something like that. Um, only time will tell what kind of use case scenarios they can do it. Uh, they can do with all the with both the cameras. I think there are a lot of things that they can try out. TikTok launches campaigns for positivity. The first campaign was a, was called um, hashtag Create Kindness. It is to help combat online bullying by directing people to focus on positivity. This is an important move for TikTok as a third of the users are under the age of 14 and very susceptible to online bullying. Ugh, anybody is susceptible to online bullying, not just people under 14. But we would like to believe that older people have some sort of wisdom to see things better. The platform is also under various investigations around the world over its content policies that may be harmful to younger users. So it has yeah, many things. Um, uh, uh, there are a lot of cases going on with them about them not policing it very well and don't really care much. It actually harms because they are, uh, uh, they have a lot of young users compared to Facebook and Instagram. So this is a bit of a problem. The bullying and everything, the bullying, abuse, and harassment is everywhere, even in Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. But because these guys, these are kids, TikTok is taking it harder than everyone else. Through this campaign, it is working with creators to roll out content themed around creating kindness and providing supportive comments and gestures instead of harmful and negative ones. Another campaign is called hashtag creativity for good, where TikTok creators create campaigns or advertisements for one of four partnering 
non-profits or other causes they care about. It can be simple random act of kindness. It is just for the purpose of um, using their creativity for good, right? Users are encouraged to create their own video clips to promote these causes using the hashtag in order to boost the messages. The purpose is to create awareness on the non-profits or kindness projects, hopefully spreading positivity and ultimately also highlighting the benefits of advertising on its platform in a creative and purposeful way. Yeah, good move, TikTok. It's always about profits and also helping other people. Yeah. No more alcohol, gambling, and political ads on YouTube mastheads. YouTube has announced that they will no longer allow ads related to alcohol, gambling, and politics on their masthead ads. They include any online or offline gambling, which includes sports, betting, and casino games, any ads that promote the sale of alcohol, as well as ads for alcohol beverages that don't explicitly reference sales are also not allowed. Any ads endorsing a political candidate for office are also not allowed. Masthead's ads take up the top of the screen in the YouTube app, providing significant exposure for brands through premium placement. It is one of the most sought-after placements due to its prominence. According to New York Times, Masthead ads can cost around $2 million US dollars a day. So um, I don't know why it's happening now only because it should have been banned or should have not been allowed a long time ago. Uh, I do know that Facebook has very strict rules when it comes to, well, not political ads, but alcohol and also gambling. I am happy that YouTube is starting to, to apply this as well, uh, but it's just for the masthead. That means everywhere else, it is still allowed. So these industries can still creatively find other means of advertising to their, to their audience. And therefore, YouTube will still be able to make money. It's just... If these guys are not paying $2 million a month, a day, someone else is paying $2 million a day. So it's no harm done. Twitter works on controlling who can add mention you in their tweets. In an ongoing effort to further allow us to filter our Twitter experience, the company said it's working on a function that lets us control who can add mention us in their tweets. This function will undoubtedly prevent spammers, former friends or colleagues, or incorrect tags from bugging you and putting you on a spot. I didn't like it, but I haven't been getting that as much. Maybe because I've just been one of those ghosting, very quietly stalking Twitter users instead of very vocal kind of Twitter users. Yeah, Twitter gets a little bit out of hand with vocal people. Anyway, it works by letting you undo... uh, undo ad mention of your name in an ongoing conversion, a conversation, which will also prevent your name from being mentioned in a conversation in the future. So this happens in a day, actually. This control also expands the notification where you'll be notified when your name pops up in a conversation by people who you don't follow. It will also allow you to remove the mention from the notification itself. So it'll give you a list. And if you don't want to be mentioned in these conversations, just, just block them. The third layer of control lets you control who can mention you with options from everyone, people you follow, or custom. There is also an all-encompassing control to disable all mentions for a day in order to prevent people from dunking you on your opinions in conversations you don't want to be part of. 
Okay, overall, the controls are actually good, but it only applies on a daily basis or maximum a few days at a time. There isn't any mention of controls that can go on forever or indefinitely, right? Um, perhaps that's what Twitter users prefer, or maybe the forever mode will come later. Um, because Twitter don't allow us to edit tweets, so it's easy to spontaneously publish the wrong things at the wrong time because we have a blabbermouth. Most of us do, right? And sometimes when we say the wrong things at the wrong time, if we catch it at the wrong time and people get offended because it's written so anybody can, can read it and interpret it in many, in many different ways, I might have written it in a very harmless way and somebody read it in a more aggressive tone, therefore taking it different and then it gets out of control. So you can't edit or anything like that. So then the trolls come in and all this trouble comes in, right? So then Twitter enables some semblance of control over your experience on the platform, which right now seems only a temporary fix. Uh, maybe Twitter thinks trolls don't last as long as 24 hours. Maybe there is a data that proves that trolling does not last more than 24 hours or a few days at a time. So you can only turn it off a few days at a time. Then after that, you can do the ad mention. Maybe Twitter thinks that if everybody turns off ad mention, then it's, then it takes away the essence of tutoring. So I don't know, but I think any semblance of control is better than none at all. Uh, so yeah, kudos to Twitter, keep doing this. Social Media Weekly Podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube and we post bits and clips on Instagram and Facebook. If you like Social Media Weekly, it would really help if you could help, if you could rate and review it on the podcast feed of your choice and on YouTube so more can discover it. Social Media Weekly is constantly on the lookout for a regular co-host to help me bring some depth to the show. As you see, I'm just monologuing and if someone can come in and help me build a discussion, that would be good. So if you're interested, simply drop me an email at sean, S-H-A-W-N, at virtualpeddlers.com. Oh no, not this, this. This is Social Media Weekly, episode 16, June, 2021. My name is Sean. Stay safe. See you next week. Au revoir.